48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Four of nine key figures in the 2014 pro-democracy Occupy movement have been jailed, with co-founders Benny Tai and Chan Ki Man getting 16 months. But the sentencing of a ninth defendant, Civic Party's Tanya Chan, was adjourned until June the 10th, after the court heard she needed an urgent operation. The North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, arrives in Russia for a summit with President Putin. Four of nine key figures in the 2014 pro-democracy Occupy movement have been jailed. Among them, Occupy co-founders Benny Tai and Chang Ki Man were sentenced to 16 months in prison, while the third founder, 75-year-old Chu Yu Ming, had his sentence suspended because of his health and age. He's Maggie Ho. Benny Tai and Chen Kin Man were each jailed for 16 months for a conspiracy to cause a public nuisance and sentenced to another eight months to be served concurrently on the charge of inciting others to cause a public nuisance. On that charge, lawmakers Yu Ka-chen and Raphael Wong from the League of Social Democrats will serve eight months in prison, while former Democratic Party chairman Lee Wing Tad had his term suspended for two years in recognition of his 30 years of public service. Former student leader Yi Sun Chong also received a suspended sentence, while Tommy Jung was given 200 hours of community service. Before sentencing, Judge Johnny Chan said the public deserved an apology from the defendant, but never received one. He also said they should express regret for the inconvenience and suffering caused to the public during the pro-democracy protests in 2014. If acted upon, he said the incitement could have caused excessive damage and inconvenience, which wouldn't fall within the parameters of civil disobedience. Sentencing for a ninth defendant, Civic Party's Tanya Chan was adjourned to June the 10th after the court heard she had a life-threatening brain problem and needed an urgent operation. Speaking after the verdict, Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan provided some more detail about her medical problem. She said she had a ping-pong ball-sized tumour pressing on her brainstem. She said she had been diagnosed with the problem last week. She's been advised to have an operation in a week or two. After the sentencing, an emotional and teary-eyed Reverend Chu Yu Ming said that since the trio began advocating the Occupy movement in 2013, the three of them had always been together. He told journalists and supporters that he's extremely distressed to see his two partners being sent to jail. The two of them have been sent to prison. What I worry about most is their lives in there and their families. Like I said, I will continue to do whatever I can to support them. My heart will always be with them. I will do my utmost to show them support, console and encourage them. I'm ready to do that. But speaking outside the court ahead of the verdicts, the Occupy co-founder and University of Hong Kong law professor Benny Tai said he would face his sentence peacefully. I'm still very peaceful, calm and hopeful. Whatever will be the decision of the court, I will just face that peacefully. Another co-founder, retired sociology professor Chan Ki Man, called on the public to defend Hong Kong's two systems against what he called the tyranny of one country. Before he entered court, he criticised a judge for calling the nine defendants naive in thinking their action could change the political system. Now in the vertex, the judge commented that we are naive, believing that by having an occupied movement that we can attain democracy. But what else is more naive? 
all day. A former student leader of the Occupy movement, Joshua Wong from Demosisto, criticised the verdicts, with his party saying they created a chilling effect on Hong Kong society. Here's Mr Wong. Because now the government has choose to use public nuisance, kind of former colonial era law that violates on human rights and rule of law. So I would say that a chilling effect has already been created by the government under this kind of political prosecution. Even it's lucky that just like a retired pastor, Jews do not need to serve jail sentence immediately. Why people seem to think that the judgment is not extremely terrible? I would say that after the experience of the anti-new territory is development verdict and the Hong Kong riot verdict, it seems that this kind of political prisoners already become kind of uh, norm in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, another former student leader of the Occupy movement, Lester Shum, says he thinks none of the protesters should be going to jail. He argued that the protests were triggered by Beijing's decision to deny what he called genuine democracy for Hong Kong. I do not think that any of them should serve even one day in prison. Because what we are fighting for, including them and including all of the participants in the Umbrella movement, are fighting for a genuine democracy in Hong Kong. This is a totally legitimate cause. I think if we are living under a just and democratic society, not a single protester of the umbrella movement will be prosecuted. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she doesn't think the court's ruling undermines people's freedom of expression and of taking part in demonstrations. She said it was up to the Department of Justice over whether more people would be charged over the Occupy protests. The Hong Kong Productivity Council says there's been a rebound in business confidence among local small and medium enterprises, but the overall outlook remains pessimistic. The council's latest index of SME's confidence in the business environment recorded its sharpest increase in three years to give a reading of 46 out of 100, up from 40.4 in the first quarter. Lawrence Cheung, the council's chief innovation officer, says this could be because SMEs now have a clearer picture of the Sino-US trade dispute. However, a score of below 50 suggests local businesses remain anxious. They are still not finalised yet, and there is still a slight opportunity that it may fall through. So I think they still have a little bit of scepticism about how that would pan out to be. And there are also some noise that the tariffs may still remain, and also detail of the trade agreement still not out yet. So I think there are still some uncertainty, I think, in the Hong Kong industry on what they would be like. International news now, and the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has arrived in Russia on his way to his first meeting with President Putin. Mr Kim is travelling on his private armoured train to the Russian far eastern city of Vladivostok, where he's due to hold talks with Mr Putin tomorrow. From Seoul, his BBC's Laura Bicker. This is an interesting time for Kim Jong-un to turn to his northern neighbour. Talks have stalled between Pyongyang and Washington after the summit in February between Donald Trump and Mr Kim ended without an agreement. A visit to Russia could allow the North Korean leader to assess his diplomatic options. He'll meet Vladimir Putin in Vladivostok on Thursday. The Kremlin said the two leaders would talk about the Korean Peninsula's nuclear problem. Mr Kim's advisers on the trip include Che Soon Hui, an experienced diplomat who has been heavily involved in talks with the US. The Sri Lankan president, Maitripala Sirisena, has promised to restructure the country's police and security services following the suicide bombings on Easter Sunday. Both the president and the prime minister, Rani Wickerasinghe, have denied prior knowledge of intelligence reports, warning of the attacks in which more than 350 people died. Here's the BBC's Ambarasan Etirajan in Colombo. 
It was an embarrassing admission by President Sirisena that security officials did not share with him the intelligence report warning about the attacks. In a televised address last night, Mr. Sirisena said he had decided to take stern action against the officials concerned and promised to shake up the top leadership of the armed forces within 24 hours. With the IS admitting responsibility for the attacks, Sri Lanka is now entering uncharted territory. Brazilian appeal court has voted to reduce the 12-year sentence of the former president, Luis Inácio Lula da Silva. He will now serve a sentence of eight years and ten months. Lula is also appealing against a second sentence of almost 13 years in a separate bribery case. From Sao Paulo, here's the BBC's Katie Watson. All the judges at the court agreed to uphold Lula's original corruption conviction. He was accused of accepting a luxury penthouse apartment in the coastal resort of Guarujá in return for a lucrative construction contract. But the fact that the sentence has been reduced could open up the possibility of Lula leaving prison earlier than expected. He's already served a year, and under Brazilian law, after completing a sixth of a sentence, Lula can ask to serve the remainder in an open prison or at home. The U.S. Treasury Department has delayed for a second time a decision on whether to turn over President Trump's tax returns to Congress. In a letter to the House Ways and Means Committee, the Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin, said his department needed another two weeks in which to assess the legality of the request. As the BBC's David Willis in Los Angeles. President Trump's tax returns have been a subject of intrigue and speculation ever since the 2016 presidential election. But now the Democrat-led House Ways and Means Committee is demanding six years' worth of returns. And having missed the committee's initial deadline, the Treasury Secretary, whose department oversees the tax department, is now saying he needs more time to consult with the Justice Department in order to ensure the committee's request is legal. An experimental vaccine program against malaria has been started in Malawi. The hope is to save hundreds of thousands of lives a year. Initial testing of the RTS vaccine suggests it reduces cases by 40%. David Schellenberg works for the World Health Organization. This vaccine will require mothers to bring their children for at least two new vaccination contacts, so times when the mothers may not be used to bringing their children to health facilities. So we know on the one hand that the maximum impact of the vaccine is achieved if the children receive all four doses, uh, but it's quite a big ask to get mothers to bring their children for the vaccinations uh, at the appropriate times. Scientists say they may have detected the first evidence of Mars quakes, seismic tremors on the Red Planet. The French Space Agency said the SACE probe registered a weak but distinct signal earlier this month. But researchers were still working to confirm it came from the Martian interior. Finance and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,723. That's 247 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.82 yen. Euro stands at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 14 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chung. Let's start with football. Tottenham have taken a major step towards the top four finish and consolidated their grip on third in the English Premier League after a 1-0 victory at home over Brighton. Spurs kept their 100% record at their new stadium where they've yet to concede a goal. They're three points ahead of Chelsea and four ahead of Arsenal. Spurs left it late against Brighton with Christian Eriksen scoring in the 88th minute. It was a, a long game, a long waiting game to really get that uh, 
that one goal uh, that would open the game. And I think, of course, if we had scored before, it would have been a completely different game. But now they, they had the belief to, to get a draw, but uh, luckily we, we changed that. Southampton striker Shane Long scored the fastest ever goal in the Premier League. It came after just 7.69 seconds at Watford, but they had to settle for a point after a reply from the home side. The BBC's Connor McNamara was at the game. The game that featured an early goal, in fact the earliest goal we've ever had in the Premier League from Shane Long. Seven seconds on the clock when he put Southampton in front. And then right at the very end, only about 20 seconds or so remaining of the regulation 90 when Audrey Gray made it 1-1. Entertaining game of Premier League football. Will a point be enough for Southampton? It's certainly a very valuable point, but they were so close to three. And will this affect Watford's chances? of finishing 7th as well in the Premier League. Watford won, Southampton won. Barcelona are on the verge of securing another Spanish league title. They can celebrate tonight if Atletico Madrid lose to Valencia. Barca's 2-0 victory over Elevez puts them 12 points clear at the top. Lino Messi started on the bench, and by the time he came on after an hour, Barca had scored through Carles Alenia and Luis Suarez from the penalty spot. Basketball now, the Denver Nuggets are one win away from progressing to the second round of the NBA playoffs. They dominated the San Antonio Spurs with a 108-90 victory at home to take a 3-2 series lead. Jamal Murray's 23 points led six Nuggets in double figures. Denver shot 50% from the field, 42% from three. In the East, a long-anticipated second-round matchup between the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers is now confirmed. Both teams enjoy easy wins on Tuesday to wrap up their respective first-round series in five games. And in the NHL playoffs for the second straight year, the Boston Bruins have defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs in a first-round Game 7. The Bruins prevail 5-1 on the night and will face the Columbus Blue Jackets in the next round. Toronto's exit means Canada's Stanley Cup drought has reached 26 years. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Four of nine key figures in the 2014 pro-democracy Occupy movement have been jailed, with Occupy co-founders Benny Tai and Chan Kin Man getting 16 months. But the sentencing of a ninth defendant, the Civic Party's Tanya Chan, was adjourned until June the 10th, after the court heard she needed an urgent operation. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has arrived in Russia for a summit with President Putin. The news from RTHK. Just can't see the light. A silver lining sometimes isn't enough to make some wrong seem alright. Whatever life brings, I've been through everything, and now I'm on my knees looking. But I know I must go on, although I heard I must be strong, because inside I know.
Here go. 